Thanks, Cole. So Cole said this is week three of What's the Point series, and it's just been amazing, actually, to see the timing of everything. And these series, we just trust God to, uh, you know, speak through them. And when things line up like this, we are simply amazed at God. It's, it's not our clever thinking. Um, obviously, there's a fair amount of strategy and planning that goes into what we do as a church, but sometimes we just see God line things up. Last week, Colin looked at, you know, why do bad things happen to good people? And, you know, after what had just happened, it was, it was perfect timing. And this week, uh, in a moment, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to be sharing, uh, but it is just perfect timing. So what's the point let me move this, that side. What is the point? I don't know, um, if you're anything like me, I'm pretty competitive. I don't know if you've ever played someone at a certain sport, whether it's squash or tennis, and you're like really losing badly. And at some point of the game, you can enter that thinking of like, well, what's the point? You know, if you're a bad sport, bad sport, you kind of maybe sometimes throw your racket, break your racket. I never did that, okay? Uh, I remember playing a bit of league squash and some guys used to get really upset, the one oak. Um, it was such a tight game, and I beat him, I think, in the fifth uh, game. It was like, I think it was 12, 11, uh, no, what, what, I don't know what score we played, 10, 10, 9, because in squash, you used to, at 8 all, you used to kind of play another two. And at the end of the game, he smashed his racket, broke it in half, and just screamed, you know? And I remember thinking, you know, what, what was the point of that? But anyway, there's so many times where we end up going, well, what's the point? Just yesterday, my son, we went to the shop. Not a good idea, by the way, end of the month. Just, just a little heads up there for anyone, um, especially now that watercrest is, is, a, is a problem. Don't go to the pavilion, okay? Anyway, so Jonah says, um, I want to go to my store. So uh, it's not the I store, it's my store, uh, meaning his store is the only store is the toy shop store, which is Toys R Us. And anyway, I go home with their gin was why she stayed outside because this guy's quite impossible in the toy store. And also he thinks that his pocket money can stretch like very far, like he can get presents that are maybe only for Christmas or birthdays. Anyway, so he says, this is what he wants. I'm like, my buddy, that's like double your pocket money. I don't think we're getting that. Anyway, he just walks away and I just see he's crying in the corner. So I'm like, oh my gosh. Anyway, I said, like, you can't get that. You've got to get something smaller. Or you save for a couple of months, then you can buy that. So, um, and I said, also, you can just come here and look. He goes, what's the point? What's the point? And <laughs> he, he gets really frustrated. I'm sure some of you got young kids would uh, have been in that place before. But it's like, well, what's the point? What's the point of even coming? And I think so often in life, we ask ourselves that question. Well, what is the point? What's the point of even living? What's the point of breathing? When it comes to relationships, Marriages, I think sometimes we also go, well, what's the point? And um, when, some, when, when something doesn't go our way or the, the way that we thought or the way that we had planned and it doesn't make sense, I think so often we feel overwhelmed and we just go, well, what's the point? And the title of my message today is to love like you've never been hurt. To love like you've never been hurt. And it's all about forgiveness. Hence, us saying earlier, just the timing of it. How many of you know that people you love most end up hurting you the most? It's crazy how that can happen. And talking about the most, I really believe for us as a people, people of South Africa, we have such an opportunity, particularly out of this time of hurt, time of pain, obviously the last week that we've had, is that we can make the most out of it. For me, I'm always on the positive side of things, believing for the best, and I really think it's a great opportunity for us to uh, you know, just relook at everything and just reset and make the most out of 
situations, make the most out of what's happened, the mess that has happened. Uh, I don't know about you, but certainly I do now appreciate just being able to go into Woolworths or a store and just being able to limit it to 20 items or you know, just pick anything you like off the shelf. How many of you guys stood in queues for like five, six, seven hours? Okay, I know some people stood in queue for like eight hours only to be told that you know, the gate was closed and there was no food left. Was that you, Colin? <laughs> But it has been a crazy, crazy time, but I really think that we can make the most. I've got three points for you today that can help us when it comes to loving like we've never been hurt. The first is this. Sometimes the worst done to you can bring out the best in you. Sometimes the worst done to you can bring out the best in you. And you've seen that this past couple of weeks, how people have come together, you know, communities, all races have come together, and I just think it's been incredible to actually see how God can turn something so tragic, so bad into something so good. People have said they've met some of their neighbors for the first time, and, uh, you know, people have joined together to help, and there's something powerful that happens when, when uh, there's a team that is formed. And just to help us keep perspective here, church, because I think it's so important. I've heard a lot of people speak with anger and frustration. I, I really get it's been a difficult time. But when it comes to certain prejudices of a certain type of people, just remember it's a very small minority of people that have caused this nonsense. Very small. I know it, was, it felt like a lot of people that overwhelmed the whole of KZN, but it's actually a small amount of people in the kind of grander scheme of things. So just keep that perspective, especially when we want to judge a certain type of people or a certain race group. Just remember it's a small minority of people because I think so often we can lose perspective and we can like just start to kind of think things, feel things. And I don't think that would be God's heart for people. As a Christian, I think we've got to know that in and through brokenness, in and through hurt, that he has a purpose. And here's one, and I think it will always actually be number one, because when you look at the Word of God, here in 2 Corinthians 5, from verse 17, listen to what it says. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation, or new creation has come. The old is gone, the new is here. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ, okay? So God first did that. He reconciled us to him. But then listen to this. This really struck me. And gave us the ministry of reconciliation. God gave us, as his people, the ministry of reconciliation. People look at someone like me and go, well, you are in ministry. You know, you're a pastor, you're a domini, vicar, whatever you want to call me, okay? Um, and, and we're in ministry. But I really believe, as Christians, we're all in ministry of some, some way. And when you look at 2 Corinthians, it says God has given us, God has given you the ministry of reconciliation. And for reconciliation to take place, there has to have been some kind of breaking that take place, some kind of hurt, some kind of pain. And, uh, you know, when I was thinking about uh, breaking or a breakup, it, it's quite amusing. Didn't, uh, I'm not going to tease her this morning, but often when <laughs> she's looking at me now, when we, would, when we were dating, <laughs> her way to deal with things, because she's not a communicator, like I'd like to talk through things, and she just found me very irritating. And then she would just go, it's over. It, she, she would just break up with me. I used to be so upset, and, and I would like want to just reconcile. And Jin did have it in her heart to reconcile, but it was maybe like a day or two later. Do you, you know what I'm saying? So I think, how many times did we break up? I don't know. Jin just shakes her head and gives many. It, it, it was a lot of times. Okay. But God has given us the ministry of reconciliation through 20 years of marriage. Okay. And what, is, what does the ministry of reconciliation mean? 
I, I feel it means this. It means that when people hurt us, we keep loving them. It means when there is conflict in our marriages, relationships, in our families, and when family members don't necessarily live the way that they should or children don't live the way that they should, God expects us to seek reconciliation, to seek it out because he's given us the ministry of reconciliation. It means when we are offended, when we're wounded, when we're heartbroken, we strive to forgive and we keep loving through the hurt like we've never been hurt. I know that's really tough to hear, but that's the ministry that God has given us as Christians. I think for those of you who, you know, are married, I think we all experience a fair amount of hurt because you are in each other's faces and spaces. Uh, particularly last year, we counseled quite a few marriages during lockdown. I think just the uh, stress of it all, um, the financial strain, also just being together all the time. Hey, Colin and Tony. I'm joking. We didn't counsel them. I'm just... Just, you're the only one sitting here. So, but I think we all experience a fair amount of frustration. And then because of that, it develops into, into hurt. And we end up hurting the people we love most. And I know you've all experienced it before. But once you've kind of reconciled and had a conversation, forgiven each other, there's that line that you have to cross where you have to choose to let it go. Have you all been there before? Okay, where you, okay, you, you actually got to make that decision. I'm going to let it go and I'm going to fully just trust again and to love again. You've, you've got to almost look behind you. I think some people heal and process differently. Some of you take longer to, to forgive or, or to walk through that and depending on, you know, the hurt, obviously. But at some point, you need to go, I make a decision to let go and I, and I make a decision to love. Love is... A decision it always is a decision and that line sometimes obviously is difficult to figure out where it is but at some point you have to make a decision to let go so that's the first point sometimes the worst done to you can bring out the best in you the second one and I'm probably spend most of uh, my time this morning with you guys on this one it's unforgivable not to forgive it's unforgivable not to forgive and I'll tell you why. Remember that when we were far from God, like most of us listening to this message today, we were sinners. We all messed up. We all needed forgiveness. Romans says that we all fall short of God's glory. Um, and, and we needed to be reconciled to God. And what did God do? He came and sent his son Jesus to reconcile you to him. And I know um, many of us sometimes feel like, well, you know, some need more forgiveness than others, and I, and I get that in the society we live in. But all of us make mistakes. All of us mess up. All of us sin. Last week, Cole mentioned that why do bad things happen to good people? You know, it's so funny. Good is very relative because in, in, in a sense, all of us have a sense of um, wrong in us. Every single one of us, otherwise we wouldn't need Jesus. So I find it amusing sometimes when people say, why do bad things happen to good people? Well, who's a good person? Think about it. You know, we, we all need God. I know that we, um, because of Jesus, we are now set free and God sees us as righteous. But before that, we were missed. I remember a friend of mine from Manchester came out and he preached at our church. He was part of this 
this uh, band called the Worldwide Message Tribe, and he comes from Manchester, real rough up north there, especially all you Manchester and Isle supporters. No, I'm only kidding. But he spoke with quite a funny accent, and uh, he just said, without Jesus, we are all stuffed. <laughs> and I, I just, just never forgot that. Without Jesus, we all stuffed, you know, and the way that he said it, you know, and I think even back in those days, it was quite a thing, you know, can't say, can't say that in church. But Jesus reconciled us to him. And how can we expect God to forgive us if we can't forgive other people? Isn't that what the Lord's prayer says? says, Lord, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us. It's one sentence. It's not, Lord, just forgive us our sins. But in the same breath, you're saying, well, God, forgive those that have sinned against me. And I want to help us today as we focus a little bit on learning, because I think it's something that we do need to learn. It's not just something that comes naturally to us, but learning how to forgive other people. Do you know that unforgiveness, and I've mentioned this a couple years ago in a message, unforgiveness isn't a word. There's no dictionary definition of unforgiveness. Some of you are going to go test me right now. Don't miss the message, okay? At the end of the service, go and Google unforgiveness or go to your dictionary on your phone and type in, in there. It does not exist. Unforgiveness is not a word. It's something actually, uh, I was doing a bit of research on it, that it's within religious context that we've adopted because we feel like it's, well, it's the opposite of forgiveness. But the word to forgive is actually, it's, it's a verb. And once it's been done, it can't be undone. Once you forgive, it, it, it's gone. You've, you've let it go. You can have an unforgiving heart, meaning you haven't yet released forgiveness, but you can't unforgive someone. Once you've forgiven someone and made the decision to forgive, that's it. It's released. It's gone. You've let it go. Kind of like when you play bowls. When I go to the Berg, I love, I love bowls. Anyone love bowls? Okay. Some of you young people are shaking your head. It's, it's not just a granny and grandpa sport, okay? It's, it's really cool. But one of the things you've got to do is you take this, uh, okay, I don't know if you know, but there's a small dot on the one side and then a bigger dot on the other, and that's the way that it leans in. But when you, you get down, my technique's wrong, sorry for any bullies who are going to chew me, but there's a little mat there. You, and then as you let it go, that's it. You, you don't have any more effect on what that ball is going to do. You just watch it go, and depending on your speed is how much it turns in. Or, you know, but once you let it go, it's like you just hope. And, and I was thinking about that. When it comes to forgiveness, it, it's kind of the same thing. As we let forgiveness go, it's like there's nothing more I can do. Sometimes we, we want the other person to do something or to say something or to maybe even forgive us back sometimes. But you've just got to release it. Hope for the best. That's your responsibility. That is your job. Now, obviously, there's forgiveness between us and God, but the Bible speaks so much and so clearly around forgiving other people. And this process can vary and it uh, you know, can take different sets of time from situation to situation. And it's often difficult, you know, depending on what that person has done to you. And maybe even right now as I'm, I'm sharing, some of you have got a, an image of someone that has hurt you, someone that has stabbed you in the back, someone that has looted from you even this past week. And it's difficult to even hear these words from me today. Just remember our heart as that what we do here as a church, we just want to always help people, set people free. And when I look at the Bible, as hard as it is sometimes, it, 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 God wants to help us. It's not easy, but he wants to help us. And listen to what the scripture says. 
Luke 6.37, do not judge others and you will not be judged. Do not condemn others or it will come back against you. Forgive others and then you will be forgiven. Mark 11.25 says, but when you are praying, first forgive anyone you are holding a grudge against. First thing you do, remember I said it will always be number one. Before we ask for anything, God, is there anyone that I'm holding something against? First, forgive anyone holding a grudge against so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. Question today, how many of you guys have someone that you need to forgive? I'm not asking for a show of hands, but I'm sure most of us today listening to this will have someone at some point of our lives that we need to forgive. Those that maybe don't, I don't know, maybe you the difficult person that someone else needs to forgive, I don't know. But unfortunately, as humans, and uh, sometimes it's not on purpose, but we cause a lot of hurt to people without even realizing. And uh, not only do people hurt us, but forgiveness is something that we're going to walk through our whole life. And I read this interesting quote by Mark Twain. It's pretty harsh, actually, because it was like, but but it really hit me. It says, if you pick up a starving dog and make him prosperous, he will not bite you. This is the principal difference between a man or a dog and a man. Humans, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just our sinful nature, but we, we will hurt each other. Even if someone is kind to us, does something nice to us. And we've even seen it in the past couple of weeks. C.S. Lewis says this, everyone says forgiveness is a lovely idea until they have someone to forgive. But church, this morning, you have to learn to forgive. If you don't, it will eat you up. I just want to talk a little bit about bitterness and resentment. These are two words that are even just hard to say or hard to think about, but it's important that we understand them because the Bible speaks a lot about it. I heard a definition of, of bitterness or resentment. It says, is, is when we play the hurt over and over in our minds and we become hostage to those thoughts. So we replay that hurt over and over. And it's amazing how the more we think about it, the more it hurts. And we actually end up being a hostage to those thoughts. And the crazy thing is often the person that's hurt you is oblivious to the fact that they hurt you. And they've moved on. And you're the one that lives in bondage. You're the one that lives in hurt. And often you see as these recordings replay in our mind, not only is it hurtful to the, you know, from the hurt that they've caused, but often people that have bitterness and resentment in their hearts end up hurting themselves further and we've seen people cause self-harm because of that hurt because of that pain two things bitterness has a dangerous root and bitterness produces a poisonous fruit listen to what Hebrews 12 I just want to read it quickly in two versions um, Hebrews 12 15 in the NIV says see to it it's almost like you know when a boss tells you, see to it, just make sure. This is, this is what he's saying here. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. See to it that no bitter root grows up in you. Don't let it take root in you because it's going to grow a rotten tree. In, in the NLT it says, watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble, corrupting many. Don't let it grow up don't let it take root because it will produce a poisonous fruit in your life there's a quote that I'm sure you're familiar with but it says bitterness is like drinking poison 
and expecting the other person to die. We're the ones that end up suffering, church. Ephesians 4, 31 says, Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. And there's a, a song, kind of wake up this morning, I know it sounds crazy because as I was preparing this, kind of going over my mind, it's a song by Selena Gomez. I don't even think I even own one of her songs, but it was that song, Kill Him With Kindness. Ed, the youth pastor, always laughs at me when I try and like be cool and act young. But do you know that song, Kill Him With Kindness? <laughs> Kill Him With Kindness. And I believe the only way to kill bitterness is with forgiveness. When we are kind and have a forgiving heart, it's the only way to kill bitterness in our lives. Now all of you guys are singing, kill him with kindness. I, I don't even know how it goes. Kill him, kill him. Anyway. I don't know. It's a kind of half note, okay? Jen was playing it the other day, okay? <laughs> yeah, I love, I love Celine and Gomez and the Spice Girls. They're my favorite. But one of the, the key stories I want to get to uh, today, and, and last week we looked at Job, and uh, the week before Connor looked at Ecclesiastes. If you haven't caught the past two weeks, I really hope that you can uh, get, catch up uh, you know, on YouTube. But this story comes to mind when I think of forgiveness. I mean, one of the, the, the biggest cause of hurt that I think most people face, particularly in marriages, when there's unfaithfulness. I don't think there's many hurts that are, are, are greater than that when, when someone's been unfaithful. And as, as pastors, we've helped and walked through uh, with many couples that have faced that. And it is incredibly difficult. And the journey and the process is, is so hard. And I want to encourage you guys who are, are married or want to get married one day, no one ever makes a decision one day to have an affair or to get a divorce. If I had to say, who plans on getting divorced one day? Who plans on having an affair? None of you will put up your hands. But it's almost like this world sets us up for that and if I can encourage you guys young marrieds and um, even those of you been married a long time if you can do whatever you can to avoid a situation like that I promise you now it will save you a whole lot of heartache and hurt the, the process and the journey to bring restoration if it's even possible it's very difficult it's very painful and to build trust again is so difficult it's not impossible and we see it with the story of Hosea. It's a crazy story. I don't have time to unpack the whole thing today, but it's also a picture of uh, God and Israel, how the people had almost uh, been adulterous in, in their ways towards God. And God uses Hosea's story as a picture of reconciliation. And let's just quickly pick it up, Hosea 3, verse 1 to 5. So basically, God had asked Hosea to marry a prostitute. I mean, how's that? And listen to what happens. Then God ordered me, this is from the message, by the way, I just love the way I put it, start all over. And honestly, when there has been a broken, uh, a broken trust, you do have to start all over again. And it's more difficult. It says, love your wife again. And you can relate this to any situation in your life where you perhaps need to start over, where you've got bitterness and resentment in your heart. Start all over. Love your wife again. Your wife, who's in bed with her latest boyfriend, your cheating wife, start over, love her again. Love her the way I, God, love the Israelite people, even as they flirt and party with every God that takes their fancy. You see the, 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 the parallel here. 
And God says, I did it. I did it too. I paid good money to get her back. It cost me the price of a slave. You can see the imagery here as well with how God sent his son Jesus. It cost, cost him his son's life. And in, in Hosea, um, I was reading into this, I was saying that he didn't, she, she was probably so, so in debt that he actually paid money to get her back. He didn't need to because you know, this woman was his wife. But he paid money, but also it was a, a sign of, um, that, that she was precious to him, that he was willing to pay a price, even though he didn't have to, and it cost him a lot. I paid good money to get her back. It cost me the price of a slave. Then I told her, from now on, you're living with me. He brought her back home. No more whoring, no more sleeping around. You're living with me, and I'm living with you. In other versions, it even speaks about how they had a, um, a time of abstinence. They, it didn't even need to be intimate. The people of Israel are going to live a long time stripped of security and protection without religion and comfort, godless and um, prayerless. But in time, they will come back. These Israelites came back looking for their God and their David king. They'll come back chastened to reverence before God and his good gifts, ready for the end of the story of his love. It does take time. But how's that for a powerful story of reconciliation and forgiveness? I can't imagine how difficult that would be for you to go and seek out your spouse who's cheating on you is, is a pros, in prostitution and you have, God has asked you to take that person back. Can you imagine how difficult that would be? And if Hosea can do it with God's strength, I really believe that we can make a decision. If God is nudging us, we can make a decision with His grace in our life to do this. Love like you've never been hurt. And you know, church, that's how the world knows that we're Christians. That's the new commandment. He says, I give unto you that you love one another as I have loved you. Alfred Tennyson said this, it's better to have loved and lost than never to have loved at all. Sometimes you may have asked, well, what's the point? Some people are actually too afraid to get married or too scared to even have kids or, or even have an animal like a pet because then their heart's gonna get broken. But I love this. It's, it's, it's better to have loved than to have not loved at all. People often uh, refer to blasphemy as being um, the only unforgivable sin in the Bible. But did you know that there's two? Listen to what Matthew 6, 14 says. If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. It sounds pretty hectic. But if we want to receive God's love and His grace and His mercy, we have to learn to forgive other people. When we don't forgive, we're essentially saying that what that person has done is unforgivable. And we sometimes feel that forgiving someone lets them off the hook. But let it go. You know, sin has its own consequence for people. That is, it's not part, it's not in your hands. Don't worry about them. Allow a just God to deal with them in the situation, even with what's happened, you know, last week. You know, I, I get that there's a sense of justice and righteousness in all of us. And, and it's crazy to see how some people did take the law into their own hands. Forgiveness doesn't excuse their behavior, but forgiveness prevents their behavior from destroying your heart. I'm going to say that again for someone. Forgiveness doesn't excuse their behavior. Forgiveness prevents their behavior from destroying your heart. 
Are you with me? There's some people you need to forgive today. Forgiveness isn't about justice, actually. It's about setting you free. That's what forgiveness does. And God will fight your battle. I mean, look at what uh, Jesus uh, happened to Jesus here in 1 Peter 2. It says, For God called you to do good, even if it means suffering, just as Christ suffered for you. He is your example, and you must follow in his steps. He never sinned, nor ever deceived anyone. He did not retaliate when he was insulted. I'm not saying that the community shouldn't have done what they did. I think it was amazing people coming together, okay? But I think even at a time like this, you see, and I've seen it on social media, people talking about revenge and, you know, but he says he did not retaliate when he was insulted, nor threaten revenge when he suffered. He left his case in the hands of God, who always judges fairly. It's amazing how the Word of God can just speak to you, like just in a moment. So as we've seen, the Bible speaks so clearly on forgiving others. And this process varies from person to person and situation to situation. And restoration is a process. But freedom can be instant. Don't, don't misunderstand it. Today, as you release forgiveness, you can be set free instantly, but the restoration can take time. How many of you know that when you restore something, a piece of furniture, it takes time to bring it back to its original beauty? I mean, you've got to get that grime off. You've got to get the, the varnish off if you're restoring a piece of furniture. You've got to sand it, and it's difficult. But I love that God is always into restoration. You know, he's not into smashing and chucking away, but he's into restoring. I know perhaps listening to this today that some of you may be thinking or even saying, but, but I just can't. It's, it's too hard. It's too hurtful. Or I just, I, I don't have the faith to release that person because I, I, I'm too scared to even put it into God's hand. Or maybe, well, I, I've forgiven this person before. I mean, surely I can't do it again. How many times do you want me to forgive, Hilton? As I lead to my last point, listen to what Luke 17 verse 3 says. So watch yourselves. If another believer sins, rebuke that person. Then if there is repentance, forgive. Even if that person wrongs you seven times a day and each time turns again and asks for forgiveness, you must forgive. My last point is forgiveness is not about keeping score. It's about losing count. Forgiveness is not about keeping score. It's about losing count. Now, on that scripture... Matthew 18, it says, Then Peter came to him and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Is it seven times? Remember that scripture we just said? He says, No, not seven times. Jesus replied, But 70 times seven. This is a day. For those of you who aren't good at math, 70 times seven is 490 times a day. Now, I know some of you maybe struggle a little bit in your marriage, but I really hope that none of you hurt each other 490 times a day. But that's how much God asks us to forgive someone. 490 times a day. I know in this past week, some of you guys who've been through a tragic time maybe lost stuff. Um, there's probably been many, many times in your mind, you know, you've had thoughts for revenge or thoughts of hurt. But God says 490 times a day, forgive. You know, the Bible um, only twice devolts. Uh, <laughs> devotes a whole chapter to a theme. 
Uh, one of them is, is, is Hebrews 11, and it speaks entirely on faith. But 1 Corinthians 13, it's entirely on love. And I know, I know many of us would have heard that uh, scripture at a wedding. But one of the things um, that it says in 1 Corinthians 13, as it's speaking about love, love like we've never been hurt, it says, it does not demand its own way, it is not irritable, and it keeps no record, record of being wronged. No record of being wronged. Maybe even today, you may be thinking, well, I don't really have anyone to forgive. Okay, so for the other 100% of you, you need to listen to this. <laughs> Two quick things that um, I, I read once, uh, an article from the Heinz tomato sauce bottle on forgiveness. I know, do we have it in the country, Heinz? I know we, we use all gold, but I think there's a picture of Heinz up on the screen. Did, did they bring it into this country? They do. Okay, I don't really use Heinz, but one of the uh, things that I read, someone was saying first, and obviously to release Heinz tomato sauce, you need to open up, you need to open the bottle, so you need to be open to reconciliation. And the second is a little secret that they have. If you look on that Heinz tomato sauce bottle, there's a little number that's been circled there, a number 57. And apparently the guy that uh, came up with Heinz tomato sauce, Heinz someone, Heinz Winkler, no, it wasn't him, um, he, he, they, they, he put his lucky number there, and apparently to release the tomato sauce, it's just as it narrows there on the neck, all you've got to do is tap there, and uh, it, it releases. As you tap, it, it slowly um, just releases the tomato sauce. Sometimes it can take some time, but apparently if you tap on that number 57, I don't know, try it on all gold. They don't have a 57 there, but it will slowly release the tomato sauce. I know there's another trick where some people take the tomato sauce, and my, my mom used to do that. It used to be crazy. She almost knock us out in the kitchen. She was like, do you know that trick, by the way? You make sure that the lid is on. I did it once, and the lid came off. It was an absolute disaster. But you hold the tomato sauce bottle, and you just do a whole 180, and that's how you get it out to the top. But apparently on the Heinz tomato sauce, you just tap that little 57 there, and it will slowly release. And you're saying, well, what does that have to do with forgiveness? I think God is maybe just nudging, just tapping on a little spot today in every one of your hearts. And as you open up to reconciliation, as the Holy Spirit just taps, just tap it in. Happy Gilmore fans. Um, whenever I do my movie things, only one or two people laugh. <laughs> if you haven't watched Happy Gilmore, please do yourself a favor. Anyway, but we, you just, God is tapping, just nudging us today. And I believe that there will be a release that comes. It takes the bad things done to you to bring out the best in you. And I really believe, church, maybe today is a day where you can be set free, where you can reach out to someone that has hurt you. Maybe it might take a few days, maybe later in the week, but I really, really feel that God is wanting to bring release in your life. Don't go, well, that person doesn't realize. That person, you know, it was actually mainly that person's fault. You do what you need to do. Because Ephesians 4 we read earlier, says, instead, show kindness, be tender-hearted, forgiving one another. And I'm going to close with this today. Joyce Meyer, uh, she's an incredible communicator, and uh, she's walked through some serious hurt and pain in her life. I don't know if any of you have heard her story. I don't have time to go to today. But she often speaks on this subject. And she gives three things when it comes to forgiveness. She says, first, you need to decide and she says, make a quality decision to forgive, and God will heal your wounded emotions in due time. But you've got to make a decision. Two, she says, depend. 
She says, you cannot do this on your own. You cannot forgive without the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's the Holy Spirit that's just tapping on you right now. So you've got to depend on the Holy Spirit to give you the power and the grace to do this. And three, she says, obey. It's simple. We need to obey the Word of God. And, and you know what the Word of God says that we need to do for those that have hurt us? We need to pray for them and we need to bless them. I know some of you struggled. Even this last week, you're going, well, the very people that perhaps looted, that have stolen, now they want food parcels. How? Why? Why should we even do that? The Bible says that we pray for them and we bless them. That's how Jesus taught us to live. And I'll end with something Jesus said. When he was falsely accused, he was not in the wrong. And Jesus said in Luke 23, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. And you've seen that in our country. Don't know what they're doing. And God has called us, as hard as it is, church, to pray for those that have hurt us, to bless those that have hurt us, whether it's in a relationship, whether it's a business deal gone bad, whatever it is, whether it's a family member that's hurt you, whether it's a child that has wandered off and just disappointed you, maybe for you, if you're a young person, maybe your parents have hurt you. I really believe that out of today, and, and that's our hope, guys, as a, as, a, as a church, we're always believing that God's Spirit is working in and through our services. And I can only say so much, we can only sing so much, but I'm really trusting that the Holy Spirit will be speaking to you. And to end the service today, before we pray, just a, a perfect story of what we're talking about. Um, we've got many people that uh, lost businesses in our church this past couple of weeks. Uh, one particular man is, is a guy named Leon, and he's here with us today, and, and I'm going to call him up, and I just want him to share his story briefly, and I hope that it touches your heart. So, Leon, if you can come on up. This is Leon Church. Uh, Hi, Church. <laughs> um, so for those of you who don't know Leon, he's been coming to our church for three, three years, you said? Three, four years. He actually got married uh, in this building, but he didn't know us uh, or anyone in, uh, as a church. But then when they moved close to the area, he decided to come here. So Leon, tell us, first of all, what you do. Okay. Um, I have a wholesale plumbing business. And uh, below the wholesale plumbing business, there's a hardware store. And where is your business situated? It's at the um, beginning of Wirebank. Okay, so um, Leon, uh, he has two stores. One is the top end of Wirebank and the one a little bit further yeah, down sure. the road. But, so tell us, um, last week, what happened? It was a very trauma traumatic week for you. Yeah, so um, guys in the area were phoning me and saying, listen, there's, there's Oaks burning tires and uh, stopping cars, etc. And I wasn't concerned about it, because I know, I know most of the guys in the area. But then as we were watching the cameras around about, I would say, 8 o'clock, I phoned my security guard and I said, hey, listen, is everything okay there? And he was like, no, everything's fine. I know all the guys here and so forth. Then about half past 8, I just saw a whole battalion of people entering the premises. And then I knew it was, it was happening. So I phoned him back and I said, uh, what's going on? And he's not answering because he's petrified. Yeah. So you I said there were about 2,000 people. Yeah, so at that stage I didn't know how many there were. Um, 
So I waited a bit, and I knew they'd got into the premises because the cameras went off, so I couldn't see anymore. So then uh, I live about two kilometers away from the actual uh, site. So I drove up there, and um, again, barricaded, so I had to park like 500 meters from the actual place. And when um, I parked there, then the riot police, funny enough, were there. So that, because I didn't know what was happening, I was confused. So I knew that I couldn't just walk into something. Yeah. So I walked with the guys, and everything was scattered, but they'd obviously started looting. And um, whilst we were waiting there, they, they at that stage looted the hardware store, which is below the, I mean, above the wholesale division. And it was a lot, but I was a bit comfortable because they didn't get to the main business. Mm. But then the riot police had to go off to another, um, I think, another issue. And that's when I saw like a whole battalion of people just coming, like I would say 1,500 to 2,000 people. And I had to walk, sure. just walk away. And that's when it started. And at that stage, obviously, um, there were bottles being broken, stones being thrown. So I drove off and I just went home and sat there. And I could hear, um, as I said, it's not too far, I could just hear the the sure. breaking of bottles and doors and roller shutter doors that were being kicked down and so forth. Yeah. And I mean, while you're talking, there's a couple of pics going up on the screen. Then um, not only did they loot, but they ended up burning the whole mm. place down. For sure. That happened on the, the Monday. So the, from half past eight on that Sunday night, which is the 12th, to about half past four on Monday afternoon, it was just being looted. Like stuff was being taken the entire day. And we were helpless. I went there, literally. In fact, I, I must say, I, I'm a, my wife was the bravest because while she was at home, I was away the entire day trying to find some guys to help me. She heard gunshots. Mm. And she is normally not a person that would confront anyone. She actually came within this entire thing looking for me, thinking that something had happened to me. And they, the, the, the looters actually took her phone away and her car keys. And she was, that's, she was petrified, but I, I mean, hats off to her for coming and looking for me. Sure, that's incredible. And you said in the beginning, something that struck me, you said you know some of these people, and I think you've been quite instrumental in helping the community down there. So you were so surprised that they ended up just stealing everything and burning it down. Mm. Some of the guys were actually working for me that were there. And um, it was, as I said, disappointing that these guys are not very... Um, how, how do I say it? They wouldn't be employed too many places because they don't have many skills. But I always try to incorporate them because they were local, okay. you know, to do something, whether it's carrying cement bags or loading cement. Yeah. So what struck me when I phoned last week just to check in and uh, just to see, because I knew you had a business down there, uh, what had happened. Uh, you also said that you were underinsured. But immediately, straight after that, you started to go, but I'm okay. Mm. Tell us a little bit about that, because I think for people that have gone through something traumatic, or maybe you've been hurt by someone, or, but you had a peace in your heart. Tell us a little bit about that, where that came from. So that's confusing me myself, eh? <laughs> I was angry, and, I'm, and with the guys that know me, I'm pretty vocal and I like, like stand for you know, something that belongs to me. When I lost all of this, I was confused. I think I'm more dumbfounded initially, and when I, I was confused totally by this whole thing, because now I'm sitting at my house not knowing what's happening and what is being looted and how much of it is being looted. And so I'd given up at that stage. So I was confused and, and, and to the level that I was conf didn't even think about it anymore. But the peace actually set in 
when um, the building was burning. And that would probably be the, the last nail in the coffin as such. So I was laughing there when the guys were mentioning that certain songs reminded them of the moment. <laughs> to me, it came in like, there's another in the fire, you know? And <laughs> I was like, I'm, thinking, I'm laughing at myself there and thinking, that's what it reminded me of. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm looking at my entire la- 10 years of work just burning. Sure. And, um, and I, I can't explain it. I can't. Well, we know that God's that grace. peace comes from God, eh? Yeah, and for sure. he gave you that. And on top of that, it doesn't end there. Um, there's a picture that you can stick up there with the, I don't know if you noticed, but there is uh, the, the hardware store on the right. But tell us about what you did on the Wednesday, because this really amazes me. So my friend phoned me and said, listen, uh, he's got somebody that wants to hand out stuff. Uh, I was actually telling him before that we'd, we'd get together, because the, the guys were hungry there. They were, like, there were a lot of people when we were back and forth to the hardware. Uh, asking us, hey, listen, can I have something? We, there's queues, we can't get to, because a lot of the people there don't have means to go to a shop. And the shop that was above there was also looted, so they had no, no resources to get to a proper shop. Mm. So he, he, uh, he said to me, listen, we're going to feed these guys, we've got some bread and uh, milk that we're going to give. And I was like, yes, for sure, and I, I don't mind contributing towards it. Because I just felt in me that uh, the best way to show someone um, or for their acknowledgement of their wrongdoing is actually for the very people that they did this to, that's going to help them. Kill them with kindness. Yeah, You're going to sing sure. us a song. <laughs> exactly. Um, luckily, I can't sing. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so one of the ladies, while, while, we, while I was going back and forth trying to rescue whatever was left there, I even said to her, listen, I'm going to be the very guy that's going to come feed you. And she just said, Jesu, and she started tearing. And I'm not an oak that, can, uh, that normally cries, and I just even started tearing at that moment. Oh, sure, so I was confused in the whole thing, but yeah, it's God's. Because you said when you even went out to give food uh, to people, you saw your very like, equipment that was looted in sure. the yards and on the side of the road, and there he is handing out food to these people. Yeah, that was a <laughs> funny moment. I was calling people because no one had known at that stage that people were uh, handing out bread and milk. So I went down into the um, settlement there and I said, listen guys, come up. So as I was standing calling, because they took a while to come out, uh, there was stuff of mine lying in the yard and just see it there. (laughs) But I just find it incredible, like even through all of that, that uh, God gives us the grace Mm. to be able to do what's contrary to the world system where we want to retaliate, we want to have revenge. But God gave you a peace and also gave kindness in your heart. And I just think it's amazing. I know this story wasn't shared in any way for it to get out there, but I just wanted to honor you as well and just say well done for for what you're doing and if we can help anyway, it'd be amazing. Yeah, I think I must just say that uh, it it wasn't me because personally, uh, I know my character and I'd want to really, you know, express my feelings, but I don't know, it it has to only be God. I can only give him all the glory. Well, that's awesome. Well, we honor you and we honor God as well just for working here. Thanks, my buddy. Thank you so much. Well, I hope you have been encouraged uh, today. We're going to pray, I think, after hearing that story, and I really hope that encouraged you today. And um, I just think we just need to respond in prayer because we can't do this on our own, as Leon even said. So let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your word that is so encouraging, so inspiring, but also so challenging. And today, God, as we've seen how, you know, the hurts and the pain that many of us go through, and even as we look at Hosea, and how you are, what you asked of him was, it almost seemed too much, too much to ask for. 
But God, your heart is always for reconciliation. And I pray for people listening to this message today. Whatever situation that they face, where there is bitterness, where there is hurt, where there's resentment, particularly relationally, God, I pray that your grace would just come into that situation right now in Jesus' name, that you would bring reconciliation, that you would restore, God, that friendships, relationships would just, from today, that as freedom comes, that it would be miraculous, God, when we look back and see what you've done. It does not make sense. What's the point? We may even ask. But God, thank you that you know ahead of time and your heart for us is your people is for restoration. And God, we pray for that in and through our country. We pray continued prayers of protection over our people, over our land, over our government, over the different beautifully diverse races that we have. We just pray that there'll be such an opportunity for reconciliation in and through all that's taking place, God. And I pray particularly today for those that have strained in marriages, God, those that have been hurt. Lord Jesus, I just pray by your grace, by your spirit, that you will come and from today bring restoration, that right now the Holy Spirit will be tapping. Let him do it. It's hard to even open that door. Let him do it. Because he sees you in a year, five, ten years time. Trust him as you let it go. Thank you, Jesus, that you would bring restoration to many relationships today in Jesus' name. And my last prayer today is for anyone that needs reconciliation to God. You're far from him. You've been hurt, maybe you've even been hurt by a church or by Christians, or you're just like not into this whole thing. You find yourself watching today, maybe a friend invited you, or I don't know, you just stumble across this feed. Firstly, God wants to reconcile you to Him. And it's a simple prayer that we need to pray to start that journey. It's a process from then on, but the prayer is simple, just saying, God, come into my life. I open up my life to you and ask you to forgive me. So we're gonna pray that prayer now. And if you would like to pray that prayer and you've never done it before, I'd encourage you to pray it. Let's pray together. Dear Lord Jesus, from today, I commit my heart to you. Come and live in my life. Change me and make me into the person that you want me to be. Lord, forgive me for my past. Thank you for dying on the cross for me so that I could be forgiven, set free, and reconciled to you. I choose you today, and I want to live for you. In Jesus' name. Everyone agreed and said...